What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of The Breaks Radio. We got the fam in the building. First up, it is me, CEO Hayes, is here to host another wild night of hip-hop conversations because who the fuck knows where this is going to go. Mary's not here yet, so we're going to skip Mary for now, but make sure you guys are following her at Miss Mary Almonte. But we also got the great one himself, BTG's in the building. What's going on? Yes, sir. I need y'all to, hey, the ops, whether you know it or not, you are the op. Whatever <laughs> side you're on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then we got the newly nicknamed the hip hop historian himself, the red wine connoisseur. Marquis is in this motherfucker. What's going on, bro? Hey, guys. <laughs> so it's only some... right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Somebody had to say it. We got a lot of shit to get into today. But first up, welcome to the Breaks Radio. On a somber note, uh, rest in peace to Paul Mooney, comedy mm. legend who passed away yeah. uh, I believe at the age of 79, I believe it was. Yeah, um, and for anyone who doesn't know, like, Paul Mooney, like, I've, I've only personally seen probably one or two of his Paul Mooney solo stand-ups. But have you seen almost any major black comedian from the 80s until, like, the early 2000s? Chances are... Paul Mooney either inspired them or probably wrote some jokes for them. So he's that influential in the game uh, and worked with um, Richard Pryor, Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, uh, uh, Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle. Like he did some shit. I remember he did have a comedy special on Showtime. This was years ago. This was probably like 2005 ish. And that shit was funny as hell. Uh, Paul Mooney's a legend, um, and you know, very often we we remember the major names. We, we sometimes we forget the guy behind the major names, and Paul Mooney is definitely somebody who uh, was in the in, this, in the background for a long time and did some very powerful stuff. Any anybody else want to comment on that? Yeah, well, this is this is the goat's goat. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Paul Mooney is that dude that his comedy is so real; it's not funny, but you have to laugh. Because it's too crying. fucking real. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so fucking real. That's that's who he is, and his delivery, it's it's not for everybody. It's a very dry, somber delivery. Matter of fact, you're not like ready he, for it's, it. It's, it's honestly, it feels like he's just having a conversation with people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like your uncle telling you this is what it is. You can laugh if you want, but I'm telling you about yourself, and you're just laughing to keep from crying. It's, I love it's an intellectual diss track to me. Yeah, when uh, he tell, uh, when he when he, when he yeah when he when he told it when he tells the my favorite joke, which happened to be on the timeline today, was the chocolate cake in a white kid's face. Oh, mm. yeah. Mm. That was classic right there. He said, look, I've been black for four minutes and I already ate y'all. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, <laughs> he, oh my God. this is why I say even with basketball and even with, uh, you know, musicians and stuff like that, it has to be more goats. It has to be multiple goats because there's people that you don't know about, like, you know, today's in today's world, you know, the standard is, is Dave Chappelle. You know what I mean? But again, when you see uh Paul Mooney on a Dave Chappelle show, you know what I mean, and you wonder where he gets some I'm not saying he copied, but he is somebody inspired him. You know what I mean? And if he's writing and if he's writing for y'all goats, then what does that make him? Yeah. So I actually saw him twice. Um yeah, twice. Oh, man. At um the the blue the blue smoke in the city, 
Um, they have like downstairs, they have like this little little jazz room, and he performed. I saw him there, and um, I saw him somewhere else. Forgot where it was. Uh, fucking amazing. Again, his comedy, and it's, you you don't have too many hecklers, but he knows how to respond to them. Your hecklers, like yeah. he shuts shit down right away. Like you say something, he just look at you like, nigga, please. One of the greatest lines he ever said, and <laughs> so poignant. Everybody wants to be a nigga, but nobody wants to be a nigga. But nobody wants nobody to be a nigga, wants to be right? A nigga. And you know, and you know what? To your point, I've never seen him in person. But you just, you just feel like the people that do go and see him are not going to, they're not going to sit well with hecklers in the crowd. You know what I mean? Oh, no, they, they don't tolerate that. Mm-mm. Exactly because of, of the 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 raw and realness that he brings. It's not just jokes; it's a message. Yeah. Yeah, and you come there to learn some shit. One of one of the jokes that I say all the time that crack my fucking kids up, I got from a Paul Mooney. I don't know if it was a stand up or something. He just randomly popped up on. But anytime like white people walk in front of like people with carts or in front of cars, I always tell my kids, I'm like, look, they got the white away. I got that from Paul Mooney, and they crack up every fucking time I say it. Um, so shout shout out to a legend. Um, in Paul Mooney, but I'm glad that we started that off on, and I'm glad that we all, th- all three of us like know Paul Mooney. It, it would have been, it, you know, crazy yeah. if we didn't know him. So yeah. glad, that, glad that we actually like knew of his work and, and his comedy. We're fans of his. Um, but unfortunately, we can't stay on that positive memories for so long. We got some crazy shit to talk about. So the Joe Button podcast, and I feel like I don't like putting news like this all the time on our list, but I feel like it's poignant to the culture because. <laughs> What the Joe Budden podcast has been able to do is is like a benchmark for black creatives in podcasting and everything. One of the first podcasts to get an exclusive deal, like more have come now. But the fact that one of the first major ones to get a deal was a podcast from the culture is huge. You can't take away from what Joe and like even his rebrand from him going to it from a rapper to this new personality or whatever it is you want to call him. And so it's been a rough couple of weeks for Joe Budden. So he came out with the episode firing Rory. You guys all heard the clips from that at this point. Rory and Maul came out with their response episode, which was a really great episode as well. Like them being really calm and just talking about it and not even being wanting to disrespect Joe. I feel like they got their point across without at all like throwing dirt, so to say. They just stuck to the facts. And then we got this Olivia Dope accusations that that, that then came out afterwards. And, uh, you know, before we were recording... um, Bailey, you told us how he brought his therapist on. He's had an apology episode. It's just been a rough couple of weeks for Joe Budden. Um, what do you guys make all this? What do you and – and I've been wanting to say – I said it on my podcast, like, the Joe Budden podcast, he'd be – I know, like, he tweeted out at first, like, it's been a good run. He'd be dumb to, to stop it at this point. But uh, it, it's not going anywhere. But what do you think the, the lasting effects of not only on the Joe Budden podcast, but the Joe Budden podcast network, which is home – to a lot of other dope creatives who have been given the platform to do what they're doing, uh, men and women there. So what do you, Marquis, I'll come to you first on this. What do you think is going to be the, the lasting effects? I'm going to take a note from Baylor. Um, We're going to forget about this. If you do something great next, we'll forget about it. If you don't, he's done. That's it. All That's this right. is a moment in time where we just stop, pay attention to him, and it's up to him to fuck it up even more or make do something with it. The therapist thing, honestly... That's like an apology to her. That's something that Will Smith would do just to make you make him seem human. Let's not do that. Let's address it. Let's move forward and do some real dope shit and do something for the culture and continue that. That's the only way you can salvage it. Other than that, they're highly right. Like no one gets canceled unless if you come up with some dope shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I will say this though, I, 
I ain't gonna lie, when the Olivia thing came out, I I thought it was over. You know what I mean? Um so I don't I don't know. Going back to the Rory and Maul thing, to me it will always be friendships over business. I mean, there is a reason why I have a solo podcast. Besides, it is extremely difficult to get multiple people aligned. You know what I mean? A certain day or every day or whatever the case may be. That's difficult because we're all adults. We're on different schedules trying to push this content out. Um, But when you bring money into it, I can't see myself undercutting or being an asshole. Not even undercutting because I don't I don't know if the fact is all has fully come out but the fact that i can't talk to my friends like that just because my name is the headliner on the podcast mm-hmm. you know what i mean and honestly i wouldn't want the podcast to be named uh baby the great show no nah, i mean if this is a pod, if this is a podcast now again he has always switched his roster you know what I mean? And I was a huge fan of uh, when I'll name this podcast later. That's when it was more authentic to me before he even got the Spotify deal. I knew once he got that Spotify deal, it was going to be certain topics that he wasn't going to be able to touch on or go in depth with. And I don't mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? This is why I like podcasting in general is because people give their full authentic uh, think pieces or TED Talks on their platform. But once you sign that deal and those companies come to you, yeah, 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 you might want to chill on this topic a little bit. I'm I'm not going to elaborate too much to take away from you, CEO, but one of the things you eat what you kill, he was the one who brought majority of the sponsors in, right? Yeah. I mean, it seems like Maul and Rory didn't argue that factor at all either, at least not that I remember from that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. So if it's a money situation, one of the things is you bring more in, you get more cake. Well, my, the well, thing my that thing it's is, in, coming from their, their podcast is that they had a profit-sharing agreement in their contract. So regardless of who brought it, it seemed like the the uh, there's a you know, they didn't release the number, but if you're supposed to be getting a certain percentage of whatever the profit that that podcast generates, then regardless of who brings it in, you're still owed that percentage unless it's in the contract. So the way that Rory and Maul made it seem on theirs is that they had a, a, a percentage splits and that it seemed like the accounting was built to hide what actually was coming in, so they weren't getting the percentage. Wow. Okay. To them. Okay. Right. So, and that's where I say I can't, I can't, I wouldn't be able to deal with myself knowing that I'm striking up these deals on the side and not telling them about it. You know what I mean? And they asking what I should, I, I would tell them even if I had an issue with them, like saying, bro. I brought this deal. I brought this deal. I brought this deal. I need y'all to pick it up. You know what I mean? But communicate that though. Don't hide it. You know what I mean? And then the thing is, like I said, until they're all in the same room and and voicing the same truth, what Rory said, and Rory is the least of them that I like on the show. But he said, yo, when I went to title and they offered the deal, I just left it at that. I, I left it at that. Came back and cho- told Joe. Joe went off, and then he made that same move behind Rory's back. That's what I'm talking about. That's foul, bro. Yeah. That's foul. And Rory never said that he was going to make a move or or sign any papers. He brought it to Joe and said, this is what they offered, blah, 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 blah. Left it at that. <sighs> he has a troubling past. And I was a Joe Budden's artist fan. Same. You know what I mean? I liked his music. So sometimes being a fan of the music, you'll look past the bullshit that people do outside of the art. And 
I can't I cannot look I can't look past this. When the Olivia thing broke, I'm like yeah, I thought it was over. That's a, yeah, yeah, I thought I, it was over. I thought it was over because his history with women. Yes. And and that's the thing that I said too, is that anybody who like acting like they're surprised that this went the way that it did, you couldn't have been a Joe Budden f- fan since his music because this is this is how Joe's relationships went. Joe Budden at one point was supposed to be the next up at Def Jam. There was there's a story of Redman and Keith Murray being pissed off at Def Jam because uh, stuff that was supposed to go into their projects and marketing went to Joe Button directly. They walked into into Def Jam's offices and there was nothing but posters of fucking Joe Button all over the place. And so, but his before his second album even released, that relationship with Def Jam soured because of Joe just being a fucking hothead. Joe is a self-destructive hothead. Now, that does not take away from the fact that he is a fucking genius as well. Like, I'm not saying that, but we have to acknowledge both sides of it. Joe is self-destructive. He said it. I don't care how big of a fan you are. If you're not going to acknowledge that, if you well, if you want to acknowledge acknowledge just how how smart he is and what he's been able to do with this podcast, you can't acknowledge uh, you can't ignore the other side of Joe that's always been there bubbling. This this he has troubling past with women. He has troubling past with with business relationships. He has troubling past with cutting people out of deals over emotions, like and not even like the the business itself. This is this is Joe Button. It's he's all these things. So. How can we still ain't address Eminem? I'm sorry, no, Joe, come join the podcast. Let's have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, now and and then now when you look back at the whole uh, slaughterhouse scene, it's like, do you have anything to do with that? Do you have a lot to do with that? You know what I mean? I mean, his slaughterhouse brothers had their have they, they haven't come out right and said it, but they've told stories about how Joe's made shit difficult before. Now they say it all in love. And I mean, him and Royce even had, I think it was on like IG Live at one point. I mean, they, they like I said, they they talk about it lovingly but their story those stories are out there right all right it's just yo he he would he he definitely needs some help bro he needs some help in the words of eminem button l sorry (laughs) all right let's move on uh so you can't deny the cultural impact that the migos have you can't deny that they are influential to this generation. How many people try to co- copy the Migos style, whether we like it or not? That this that's the truth. They've announced the release date of Culture Three, their next album coming June eleventh. What do you guys are, are you guys ready for another Migos album? What do you think is going to be uh, going to be the response to this? Uh, Baylor, come to you. No, I'm not. I'm not ready for it. I don't care. But that doesn't. <laughs> That doesn't mean that I'm not going to listen. You know what I mean? Because I might find, I might find a couple of tracks that I do like, but it's not a group that I'm rushing. You know, I'm not getting on my bike like I did for DMX. I'm not. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not riding my bike to the to a CD store to you know and standing in line to get that album. But just like every Friday, Friday night, I'm gonna go through the crates. I'm gonna listen to it. We're going to break down the uh, the album, and I'm giving you my honest opinion. Just because I don't like them doesn't mean that they can't make me dance. <laughs> All right. Fair you know? enough. Fair enough. They copied MJ's whole press release with him coming back to with the whole June 11th. We're back. But uh, Marquis, what do you think of Migos coming out with another album? Uh, um, so I'm almost like um, Joe Budden when he walked out. When they were speaking, he just got to walk the fuck out. That was a cla- that was a, a classic, classic walkout. Yeah. Um, so quickly, did they come out with that style or was that Future? 
No, I don't think Future Amigos style is the same. I don't. Look it isn't. I don't look at them having. The I same would style. say. I would say this. I could hear the similarities, but they do a lot more ad lib in Future. Okay, because I mean, you have three would, of them. Okay. I would say. And I would say that, and this may get you guys to jump on me, but. I would honestly say that Migos' rhyme scheme is more difficult than anything Future does. They do the double, the, I, the yeah, syllable, the playoff syllables. Yeah, okay, I got you. Mm, um, yeah. Would they be as big if it wasn't for Donald Glover? Yes. 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 Yeah. I think they I think they propel to another level because of him. But, yeah, they. I, I see what you're saying. I, th- I still think they would be big. You know, that's a good question. I don't. I, I still. I, I want to say they would still be big, but damn, that's a good question. I think they. I think they would have. Now, would have taken longer to get there, possibly, but they were already trending that way. Like to Baylor's point, that Donald Glover got them over the hump. Quicker, yeah, but they were already. Yeah, I, I think. I think Donald may have gotten them to like. To, yeah, I think he gotten them to a different. I don't know. So, yeah. what was the big song? The very first was it Versace, right? What was it? Versace, Versace, Versace. I thought it was um Stir Fry, right? Stir Fry was a big hit, right? I don't bro. I mean okay. it was a big hit. I just Hear don't remember out. what I, at this point I don't remember what, what came first or not with them, to be honest. No, then, Versace was probably first, but I'm saying Stir Fry was a big that was a big hit. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know that was them until Donald Glover pointed out who the Migos was. Okay. Honestly, I just I knew there was there. I heard about it. I was like, all right, who's this Migos? Because I remember they were on Atlanta. But you got to figure like, they, right. they connection to you know they 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 rubbing shoulders with Bieber and Cardi B and they Drake, they were gonna I mean, get there eventually. I, Drake, yeah, I, yeah. So they would eventually got there too because at that point, like they had started working with so many other people that I I think they still would have got there. And so, remember, they was on the Beyonce and Jay Z album too. That was that. So, yeah. They got some great PR. I mean, some great fucking PR. Yeah. Whoever the PR people are, goddamn. Um, I've never heard an Amigo album. So, culture. What is the cult? What is what exactly is it? Why is it called culture one, culture two, culture three? Why? Why is it called culture? That's after what you call his daughter, damn right. That's a uh, Cardi B's daughter. So the Migos Wait, album's culture, named after culture, Cardi, no, Cardi B's culture, daughter. Culture came out. The first culture was 2017. That would have been way before Cardi B had had their daughter. So they named their daughter after. But what? But, what they, but wasn't one of the albums named after the daughter though? No, I just think that because the daughter's name was Kosher, then now we we associate the two. No, that's what I. That's what, no, that's what I'm saying. I thought I thought after he got caught and stuff like that. Did he have a solo album? He did have. Yeah, a solo they all album, have solo albums. The name of his solo album was something with all. It's all his kids. All like the okay. all his kids. He had some shit like that. I don't fucking. <sighs> Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I didn't know. Honestly, I didn't know they had a one-two culture, so I didn't know. I this definitely is, didn't know this culture three. Yeah, this is culture three. Uh, well, there we go. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't have any interest on in going back and listening to their discography. I will listen to this album since we brought it up, though. I'm gonna listen to it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna listen to it. Like to. there, there, there are Migo songs that I absolutely love. I'm like, but it's it depends on. I'm not listening to it for lyricism, like. If I'm on a jog or something, I'm listening to I, I you guys I told you guys before Little Uzi Vert is my workout music. I fucking listen to I'm, it. I'm, yeah, I'm li- like, I'm listening to <laughs> I'm listening to the Migos just to cook chicken with my with my shirt off. I I do like the song that he did on Khaled's album with um Ti um bust down what is my rope I had to bust on my arm I had to with um future bro bro you but, didn't like bad and bougie. 
Come on, man. Don't act like you never <laughs> like you never. No, 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 no. I said there are songs. I didn't know there was the Migos until then. Okay. Like, you didn't know the Migos did bad and bougie. No, 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 no. I'm saying after Donald Glover, I didn't know who the Migos was. So then bad and bougie. Everybody loved bad and bougie. Let's be real. Everybody loved bad and bougie. Right, right. That was look, a coin look, phrase. Hey, hey, keys. Do it look like I got left off bad and bougie? <laughs> That's, and, that's what, and that's and that's the thing, bro. Like when we say when we when you presented that question, like would they have got here? Like there's so many other cultural moments that help lead, like the Joe Budden shit we talked about. Did, do I look like I got left off bat? Like all that shit, like it helped add to the Migos legend, bro. Like they're they're old, like they were old. Hey, that that walk off, like you don't understand, like Budden's face. That's how I feel about most of the music. That thing was like, I'm out, like. What about to deal with this bullshit? Oh man! Yeah, they started reacting, looking at each other, like, "Yo, we about to." Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, if y'all wanted to run up, y'all would have ran up. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be been Joe Budden's first time getting knocked in the head by a group. Let's Ray just, let's no, just, hey, no, we're talking about that was a that was a real group. Pause <laughs> on you. Yeah, that's a different type of group right Man, there. And then the fact that he went yeah. back to recording afterwards, holding the ice pack up against his face. Hey, every yeah. time, and including the last episode, anytime <laughs> like he played music and he played like Method Man or something like that, I'm like, man, you know the niggas don't fuck with you, bro. Like, I know, right? You can't tell like to this to this day. If 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 fucking anybody from Wu Tang, half of those motherfuckers kick in the door on you, you just it's it's over with. Hey, hey, Meth said it back in the day. He was like, I always knew something was a little off with him or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, damn, I ain't talking about my boy like that. Oh man, I gotta give Nick Cannon credit for this. So Nick Cannon was was famous for bringing you know guest appearances on Wild and Out. There was an episode Mm -hmm. where Joe Buttons was on there with Big Boy. And they were battling against each other. And um, Big Boy was like, yeah, what about when Ray Palm put his paws on you? And it was a little joking yeah. shit. But Big Boy was real about that shit. Yeah, man. you can't, you can't, it, there's no comeback off of that. I met Ray Kwan in person too. That was dope. I like that. All right, let's move on uh, before they come. They they coming for you. For, I don't, not either one of you. They ain't coming here. If Wu-Tang oh. comes to Columbus fucking Ohio, I already know I didn't say some shit on the podcast. Ain't I nobody going to Columbus, Ohio. That's what, first of all, bro. First of all, hold on. This is what we're not going to do. This is what we're not going to do. I need you to do hey, I might, I might, I might, I might come there for my anniversary and hey, tell me where all the uh, rich white people stay. That's where I'm staying. <laughs> That's where I stay. I stay hey, where the rich white people stay. <laughs> 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 hey, hey, send, send me that ass. So you that that niggas? Bro, I, li- I listen. The school district is why I live out here. But listen, Word. I listen. It's Word. so peaceful out here, bro. Like literally. I, there's one time that my door w- came open because my kids didn't close it all the way, and the dog ran out. And then happy ass white person brought the dog back. Like, yeah, I knew, I knew it had to be yours. I, I saw you walking before. You okay? You need anything? You got enough dog food for him? It was the funniest thing. In the world. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. The dog, not you. I ain't gonna lie. He's my PTSD and the purge. <laughs> That's the first thing that popped up in my head. Like, watching me. <laughs> Man, they watching me. It's so funny, bro. But all right, all right, moving on. So something that we talked about, update on the story that we talked about uh, a couple of months ago, I think at this point, um, allegations against T.I. and Tiny for drugging, sexually assaulting. Well, the LAPD has officially opened up an investigation against it. Uh, we talked about before it was all allegations. Uh, specifically, uh, it, it's built. it seems like this case that they're building right now is um, – against one woman's claim not against it's it's built around one woman's claims and her identities being kept anonymous to keep her safe and whatnot but this incident took place in 2005 
What do you guys think about the LAPD officially opening up an investigation against Tiana Tiny? Bailey, this is your neck of the woods. I got to come to you first on this. Oh, your, hey, they gonna get your ass. No, <laughs> they ass, Mr. Postman. Hey, I want to tell, I want to say this because we was talking about the cancel culture. Let these allegations be true. I want to see how the world is gonna react to this. Because, hey, again, if you do something dope, it's a huge possibility we just might forget about it. I don't think we should forget about this one at all. Not at all. I agree with that. Everything. Rubber band man got to go. I got to delete it from my phone. I'm sorry. I have to. On the principle of me having a daughter in general. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's kind of how I feel too, Marquis. How do you feel? So they're going to investigate, right? Mm-hmm. Not saying anything's founded. They're going to investigate. Right. They investigate mm-hmm. a little Wayne. They've investigated Marilyn Manson. How are you to, to investigate? Let me see what you find, then I'll make my determination. That's how I look at uh, it. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, and the way that I look at the investigation, right, is stages to it. So first, it's allegations, right? Allegations could be completely unfounded, whatever. For a official official investigation to be open means that there's something there that the police think fair. is worth looking that into, could, right? It, 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 2005. Yeah. Absolutely. If you found something in 2005, 16 years ago, that made you decide to do an investigation, go for it. Yeah. I want to see what it is. Okay. Like R. Kelly, when R. Kelly, we knew about R. Kelly before. We heard about it. Everybody like heard, mm-hmm. left it alone until we got proof. Then that motherfucker got crucified. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's we, did we, we just finished talking about Olivia, though. And what did she say? She said that during that episode, when she felt uncomfortable, she went along with everything because it seemed like everybody else felt like it was fine. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? When I went home the other day, when me and my wife got home the other day, we walked upstairs, the window was cracked. My wife said, it smells like something is burning. Lo and behold, when she looked it up, she looked up a fire. It was a huge fire that was 60 miles away from my house. Damn. Where there's smoke, there's fire? Where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, that was great, but I also heard Migos has some great albums. Okay, look, you're not you're you're not playing fair, sir. Take off that green helmet. You take it off. You I take it off you now. Such a serious conversation, and you threw that shit. In. That shit's. Hey, but but in his end, well, look, saying, I'm look, I'm rolling I'm rolling with him because we do have to wait because if it that's, comes back, that's the only that, thing I'm saying. Like, yeah, if if it comes back and like, look, circumstantial. This is. Then you did this shit. Like, here's the proof. Then, bro, you banned. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I, I don't condone, and I, I agree with you. My, my problem is there are too many instances where our people are getting put on a platform and crucified. So I'm going to give you two examples. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. The moment oh, you want man. to leave Texas, 22 allegations, but none of them, nothing, are going nowhere. Now right. they want to settle. And right. the last one I'll say, I hate to say this, and I know we bring this up, but the age, stop the Asian hate, right? And it's always directed towards black people. If you look on the news, there's always a black person who's mentally ill, who assaulted a, a, an Asian person. Look at the percentage of how many black versus white people have assaulted Asians since. Because I promise you, I've done some studies. It ain't just us. Ever since President said Kung Flu and brought up Asians, they started attacking them first. You didn't see it on the news. Right. Next thing you know, when you saw a black person do it, now the black people are attacking Asians. Now you have black people speaking about protect the Asians. All I'm saying, the narrative is real different coming from someone's perspective. That's all I'm saying. Let's just oh, get yeah. the evidence first, get the proof, and then we'll make my determination. That's all. We we know we know who start. We know who uh, who, who threw a little a uh, little gasoline on that. China, China, China. 
<laughs> <laughs> right along the more positive news. Um, so I, 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 after that, I wanted to cleanse the palate. Because <laughs> God damn. Uh, Taraji P. Henson launches <laughs> Taraji P. Henson Taraji P. Henson has launched a mental health initiative for black students. Um, this uh, initiative is going to be called the Unspoken Curriculum, and it's a six-week program that will run from May 17th to June 21st and will uh, include discussions with mental health experts, therapists, and ed- educators uh, where students can speak openly about their experience in school. This is huge, um, and even though it's something that's six weeks right now, I don't know if there's any plan for this to be a yearly thing, but this is something that I wish would have been around when I was in school. Like this, this, this could be something that could blossom into something bigger. Uh, Marquis, what do you think about it? I'm going to speak on mental issues in the black community right now. All of us have it. We all have PTSD. We're on edge. The fact that we walk into anywhere without looking like we're ready to murder something because our, we were used to being on defense. We were psychologically damaged. Everything we see on TV, everything we were raised, how black is perceived. Black is the absence of light. Everything about black. Uh, we're, we're basically, we're mentally fucked up. And the, the fact that we were conditioned not to even get therapy or, or to speak on these issues. And if you did, you were weak. You were consumed. You were, you were dead. You were nothing. The misogynistic um, behavior. We had to degrade women because you had to be dominant. Going through our own shit, even though we needed a strong woman to console us. And we still pushed them away. We have issues. The fact that this black woman is stepping up and saying, this is what I'm going to create for our people. Like more of this needs to happen seriously. And the fact that this isn't being recognized as much as it is. And thank you Hayes for bringing this out is fucking important. So I commend her. Yeah. I mean, and just for, uh, as a question, did either of you hear about this before you saw it on the topic list? No, no. And And that's that's my problem. problem. Like that's my problem. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy that this platform is probably the first time a lot of people are hearing about something like this. Barely. What do you think? When the police get behind us, we get nervous. Shot. When I walk into somebody's house for the first time, or even on a consistent basis, if I walk in last, I lock their door. When fireworks go off, I hit the floor. That's PTSD right there. Mm-hmm. So salute to her because we need more. We, it shouldn't stop there. It shouldn't stop there at all. You know what I mean? Everybody else, all their goddamn former and future coworkers. Should be holding something like this. Hayes, to your point, six weeks, it's not enough, but we have to get some type start. of test, some type of results to basically say, this is what we're finding. Because most of us are going to start talking about our shit right away. I know I, I was in group therapy in school because I had my, group, my degrees in psychology. I had to take a class where it was group dynamic. And it took forever for people to actually come out and say something. So I did it. I was like, fuck it. Let's get the party started, basically. Because nobody wants to talk about their shit. Because everybody wants to keep everything personal because we're afraid to show who we really are emotionally and we're vulnerable, but we can't admit that because we'll be eaten up and that's what we're taught. So six weeks, hopefully it develops into something bigger and more people get behind it. I mean, right now we're focused on Bill and Melinda breaking up, separating because he, you know, sexually or unwanted advances, you know, Bill Gates, don't get me, I'm sorry. Um, but you know what I mean? Those are the things that kind of take away, but still we need things like this. Everybody's going through something. We just have to find a way to address it. And this is a good start, seriously. And when the yep. NBA players speak on their stress and their anxiety and how they deal with those issues, um, DeMar DeRozan 
You know what I mean? When they talk about that shit, that shit is real. Like people expect these celebrities to be just superhuman. But when you have them stepping down, like, look, this is what's going on. But again, a black woman has to create something like this that didn't get recognition. Thank you, Hayes, once again, and bring it to light. So I'm glad I'm I'm glad you brought that up about DeMar DeRozan. Kevin Love went through the same thing. Kevin Love. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And it's and it's like as and the cold part about it in a barbershop, we kiki and ha ha and things like that and say, oh no, that's just the Brown effect. You know what I mean? You were just scared to play against Brown or, you know what I'm saying? Or the moment was too much for you. But yo, like, we can't, we can't be, yo, that's, yeah, man. I, I know I have to apologize for saying that. You know what I mean? Cause it's rough, man. It's rough. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen younger kids in high school buckle on the court before in football games come to me on the sideline like I, I don't want to play anymore you know what I mean and it's you got to listen to that that's serious you know what I mean so yeah shout out to her man that's dope shout out to Taraji uh yeah shout out to please her. come join the show we can interview next week if you want <laughs> yeah, yeah I know you be listening I know you be listening words <laughs> all right so let's get into what the main event for today is even though it's not the last topic we're going to be reviewing the off season Latest album from J. Cole. Who Let's get to it. First? Hey, you, hey, you want to go Green Ranger? Fuck it, why not? Right. Um, I'll say it again. This is his second best album. And conversation with you, Hayes, also brought some light to me. Four out of five. And the only reason is this album focused more on lyrics versus content. This was one of those albums that spit bar after bar after bar. He was hungry. He's hungry. He ate. But this also set the stage for his next album. And that's what I'm hoping for. If he's going on a path or a pattern that I'm seeing, this is here to remind you, I'm nice, nigga. Here's my sword sharpening right here. I'm nice. I'm spitting. The production is dope. I didn't do it by myself. I had some help. But my next album is going to be a fucking masterpiece. And that's what I'm seeing. Go for it. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> this this was him flexing. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. <laughs> this was him flexing and shooting off the backboard uh, multiple times, and he made all of them. Right. Mm. Again, I did criticize the production, even though he had a laundry list of producers. At the same time, I heard every single thing he said. You know what I mean? And I think that's what that 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 matters when it comes to that particular artist. We just said, when we listen to that Migos, we're not listening to lyrical content. Strictly for the beats. The cold part about it is you have to respect what J. Cole does because he could take those same beats that the Migo got and kill it. You know what I mean? So it's more about the message than anything. Um, I liked it. You know what I mean? I'm not a... I'm not a I'm not a J. Cole like fan like that. I am a fan of his work or whatever, but I got obviously I got other artists ahead of him. But this was refreshing. I'm not sure where I would rank it amongst the albums that came out this year, but I can honestly tell you it should be at the top because I don't even remember the artists that came out this year. Um so as far as like where this ranks with J. Cole for me. Um, I said this, uh, and the ranking didn't change. It's his third best album to me. I have it after after uh, 2014 and um, KOD and then this. And, you know, after a conversation with Marquis, me and Marquis talked side. And, you know, 
I, I figured out why, why I rank KOD above this for the content in KOD because of what he was talking about in KOD. But admittedly, KOD wasn't as cohesive as the project as this. KOD sounded like a mixtape with a bunch of uh, track lists with a bunch of great songs put on it with nothing that really held them all together. This is a better album and a sonic listen and all of that. Um, and to bo- both of your point, this is J. Cole showing I'm better than all you motherfuckers. Yeah. Drake may get the may get the awards. Kendrick may get the notice. I'm better than every. I'm better than all all y'all motherfuckers. And and Kendrick is my favorite artist. But you have to acknowledge that at the rate that J Cole drops albums at, and the fact that they for the most, I mean, he has a couple of misses in there, but for the most part, it's all quality. And him to be able to still do this, it, it it's amazing. What J Cole is as an artist is is so valuable to the culture. But I think we we also forget. He's probably one of the best artists for his business acumen. Look at the artists on his label. Look at what he's done for them. Um, and, you know, in, a, in an era where there's a lot of artist-owned labels, but not everyone eats, like, J. J. Cole has put them in a position. The Dreamville Festival. Like, mm-hmm. J. Cole is, is a fucking mastermind in this game. And, like, this album was that victory lap. And and that next album may be the Knockout Punch. Mary is back. What's going on, Mary? Uh, who's joining us? Uh, you came right in time for us to talk about uh, the off season. Uh, what do you? What's your opinion on the album? I mean, I thought it was dope. I mean, I felt like he had some really interesting, you know, features and collaborations. I felt like the way he started that album was crazy. I mean, the Killer Cam, you know. <laughs> Uh, beginning was pretty hard um and i felt like it was a true testament to him being the middle child that he proclaimed himself to be that i identify with as well um it like he's now redefined a generation of hip-hop heads right like um I mean, he had like, like he opened it with that homage to like the classic era of hip-hop if you will or a classic era of hip-hop um, and then, you know, still did have his features from some newcomers. Um, and also like he had a classic collab with, I mean, 21 Savage, where to me, them two together can't, honestly, I think it's magic. That's fair. I really do. Yeah. Like <laughs> they bring out the best in each other. He definitely uplifts 21 Savage. Um, yeah, I feel like it was just, it was dope. Like, it's definitely, I'm still re-listening to it. So, I have no complaints. It delivered. It exceeded my expectations. Here's a question that I want to present to people. Like, I, I, people acknowledge that J. Cole, he's great. and He's a legend and all that. But do you think that his he would be appreciated more if he wasn't from the South? Hell no. 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 The only honest, thing, the, you, the only thing even, that... He doesn't. That. Yeah, that's fair. That's it. Was just it was just a question that it was presented. I saw it somewhere. Give me southern I, swag. Yeah. So, like, if you didn't tell me he was from North Carolina, I would not have even thought it. It's the Jodeci thing. I didn't know Jodeci wasn't from New York until niggas told me Jodeci wasn't from New York. Where's Jodeci? Yeah, from? they're from North Carolina, ain't they? All right. So then we're gonna. I, th- I thought we they were from the south. <laughs> Shit. North Carolina know. niggas have New York. <laughs> Pseudo New York swag. <laughs> I was, but I was. Didn't did J Cole live in New York though when he was younger? He no, he went I, to St. John's University I, I, in Queens. Okay. I think um, he said, "No, that probably wouldn't have." Think of somebody else. Um, I don't care where you're from. It doesn't matter where you're from. I think I'm gonna say this. A lot of people know he's better than Drake. 
But the one thing that he doesn't do that Drake does is does those crossover pop cater to the mass type of records. Mm. I think I think Cole's fan base, they're nah man. We know what it is. It's K Dot is Cole. And I feel I, I feel like that's a friendly rivalry that can go back and forth. One minute Cole can be the best, the next minute K Dot can be. Drake is going to be there for obvious reasons. And that's just what it is. Just like Nas is Nas is up there, above everybody else's king. This is kicking in. Um, <clears throat> I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to be disrespectful, and I don't feel like arguing with Jay fans right it's now. Not a, it's not disrespectful to say that Nas is a better rapper than Jay Z. It's not. It's not. Nas, I mean, Jay would admit that shit. Yeah. Jay Jay would admit that shit. It's, no one's gonna compare the two because Jay's a better. Well, I would say would have said Jay was a better businessman, but. Nas did enough investment, but Nas is, Nas is always never going to be compared to Jay. That's just not going to happen. As far as um, K-Dot and, and J. Cole, <clears throat> I don't think you can p- compare the two. I, I, I see that they're in the same, mo- they're most respected in this genre right now, but we all know K-Dot is, you put Big Sean in that conversation and the rest of it, but K-Dot is way, way on you top said, of all that. You said what about? Big you can put Big Sean in the conversation. J. Cole is above that, but Kendrick. In the conversation, what, what conversation is Big Sean? In that, in that generation, that genre, Big Sean is Big Sean is nice. Don't get it twisted. I ain't saying he's nice. nice. I just said, oh, he, listen, I said so, he's standing so, outside so, the building. So tier, tier one is J. Cole and K-Dot. Tier yeah. two is K-Dot and J. Cole. Tier three is when you can start... Per, Adding in other people. Matter well, fact, where y'all going? Where, 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 where y'all going to put Drake? Big, big Crick gets put above Big Sean. Ooh, we, we getting there now. That's what I came for. Mm. And Hayes, Hayes ain't changed his face yet. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Don't worry. I know I for know. all of us. Yo, wait. Where y'all going to put Drake at? Well, Drake is his own. Drake, Drake, Drake is a pop artist. No, no, that's the thing. trouble tonight. No, I don't. But I, we need to. We need to properly. We got to do this. We're I thought do, we left the troublemaking in, okay. in last if this, week. Taylor. If this is the case, you can't put R&B and hip-hop in the same conversation we're about to have right now. Okay, J. Cole fine. and Kendrick, that's it. pure hip-hop. So they're going to be in their own, that, that caliber right there. And again, I'll put... K dot above J Cole. So big, big Sean. Not for me, but I understand why. Like for, it's just a matter of personal preference. I'm not a fan of K dot's voice. I think we've had this discussion. So, but his skills undeniable, of course. But if I like could only listen to one of them forever, it would be J Cole. I can never leave Pepper Butterfly. Damn. Can we and... can we one day have a conversation about the fact that people try to act like the Pimp of Butterfly isn't a fucking classic when it's probably probably to this I, point. I, I've never heard K- that. favorite album of his. K- so. Katie's most that? aggressive album. Like who said who bro, said it isn't classic? It, like period. Like th- that that's the album that gets shitted on the most publicly when you have K dot com. I've never heard anyone say anything bad I heard about I heard this album. You're in I California. That's different. No no no. In general, I hear people say that's the second best album. Bro, I've I, every time to Pimper Butterfly comes up, it's nothing but disappointment in in the way that I, in the conversations I've been a part of, and I don't understand Man, why. Stop Asian hate. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus right, Christ, that man. conversation went left. Uh, but overall, Kung, Kung Fu Kenny. <laughs> Kung Fu Kenny, you might have. <laughs> All right. Oh man, listen. Baylor, shut up, bro. <laughs> this is all I can say, man. Shut up. <laughs>
He wins. <laughs> All he right, wins. Black people <laughs> like rock too. Marquis, it's your time to shine, man. Give it to us. Oh shit. So all I gotta say is um, 21 Pilots has an album coming out on Friday. I don't know if you're familiar with their music. They're actually pretty fucking dope. Um, they had a great song called Ride. Um, I'm taking my flight on my ride. Like The fucking song is phenomenal. They also did a song on the soundtrack for, um, what is the movie with Will Smith? Um, the Suicide Squad. Oh. Yeah, they did a song on the Suicide Squad. All My Friends and Heathens Take It Slow. Classic. Beautiful song. Again, Great album coming out. They got a little hip-hop infused into them. Sort of like a little hip-hop. Not much singing when it comes to the hip-hop, which, Mary, you don't like the singing hip-hop thing. When they sing, they sing. When they rap, they rap. It's dope. The combination is dope. Um, I do recommend the last two albums. But the new album, some what I'm hearing right now, it's pretty dope. Looking forward to it. So I'll give you my review next week. How about that? i probably listen to that shit before I listen to that Migo shit. <laughs> Culture! Culture three Do coming soon, really y'all. Wanna hurt me? Oh, sorry, that's the culture club. My bad. Oh my Jesus! All right, so <laughs> we do love rock, though. We do love rock. We do love rock. Yo, um, I want to see. I want. I want to see the Migo fans. Like, I I want to fight a Migo fan. Oh, I mean, I feel like Migo fans are so hopped up on on drugs that it's an easy fight. Lean, like, lean, yeah. heroin. Anyway, you motherfuckers, I hate you bad. I got in my mattress, um, little bitch. TV and film section, we got one thing. The Shy, season four, May 23rd, only a few days, four days away from the debut of it. I, have we ever talked about The Shy here? I felt like. Um, we didn't review it, but okay. we should. Yeah, Damn, what show that was on when I was reviewing that? I yeah. thought it was us. I think we just had a lot of programming, so. Yeah. Oh, we could talk about the monster too, right? Yes! Yes, I forgot about that. that we were yes. supposed to catch up on that. Yeah, you're right. So you got to see it? Loved it. All right, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. Let, let's, The Shy, season four. Expectations for The Shy, season four. I have, per, I personally think that season three was the best written season of The Shy. Season one mm-hmm. was probably second after that. Um, and I know people seem to be down because of so many changes and characters that came in and out of season season three. But are you guys hyped for season four of The Shy? Mary, what do you think? No, I'm super hyped. No. Um, the trailer's dope. Soundtrack of the trailer's dope. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm here for it. I've actually been re-watching it just to, because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, so definitely has been a while. Yeah. So I'm excited. And we need something, right? Like Snowfall's gone. All of our shit for life got canceled. That's so surprising. Well, it's not. Because really, we always said that, that show was finite. Like, there's only so far you can take that premise. Yeah. yeah. It was a good two seasons, though. Yeah, for sure. Or whatever. Extended one season. I don't know. But it was good for what it was. Yeah. Baby. Hey, we need something to compete with uh, Snowfall, and Shy is it. I like it a lot. I can't wait for it to... You know, I don't know where season four is going to go, but hopefully it goes somewhere towards the season five. Yeah, at least give it... At least you got to give me a look. I know I'm greedy. Look, I'm a Laker fan. Hey, shit, I want more. What do I mean? I we want more. more. We deserve more. You're right. Like a carry on, this is greatness does. <laughs> carry on, sir. Wow, so violent over there. <laughs> yeah, you know I what mean, we forgot about too? What? All American. Are y'all not watching this season? 
I ain't gonna lie to you. After I'm gonna get back on it though. I ain't gonna lie. That was my show. So I what I will on. say, and we're going all over the place, and I'm sorry because I'm the one taking us to the sunken place. But we already know Marquis about to say something bad about the shy anyway, so I'm just stalling so I don't have to hear it. Um, but what I will say about All American is they have interwoven the Black Lives Matter and police brutality storyline into the show, but it's feeling forced. Like in the beginning of this season, it was like dope. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, cool. Art imitating life. And now it's like, okay, enough with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, so, anyway. I, I feel you. I feel you on that. But I would have to, I would have to say the same thing that I actually appreciated uh, in All American is when they, when they brought up Nip. Yes, that was dope. So I gotta I gotta let this one go. I gotta let this one ride. If it's authentic the way they do it, I gotta roll with it. It was authentic in the beginning of the season and now it's just kinda like oh I don't know. It feels forced now. But you feel you feel like they the mil- you you feel like they milking it to yeah. add to the content. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Marquee. Anyway, go ahead, Marquis, the shy. I do appreciate that you put me up on All American. So thank you for that. Is that it? That's all you got. That's it. Okay. That's all I got. Well, you got nothing. You got nothing for the show. <laughs> Look, I stopped watching the show after Easy E was gone. That shit is got through. I'm good. Uh, all, right. All, right. all right. It got weird. It got real it's weird. Season, Sorry. It, so season three, the, they did lose two of their major characters. Three really, and it did yep. take them a while to get their footing back. But I ultimately love where they went by the end of season three. Those were the, like, hey, you said those were some key characters, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. they killed his ass too. All right, uh, Baylor, <laughs> you finally got to watch Monster Man. We 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 put off kind of the full review. You got to see it. I, I, what did you think, man? Why why was Nas the same character for seven seconds? Because he's Nas. He went to he went to jail. The cryptocurrency, the same. Yeah, but the, you know what the. The movie was good though. I liked the movie a lot. I, I I liked the movie a lot. Like kicked the wife out the room. Said you're not going to spoil this for me. I need to finish this. That was a good ass. And you know, being a, a camera guru, that shit was shot very very mm-hmm. good. The cinematography you know I mean? in that oh. shit was fucking beautiful. The and especially like the last couple of scenes where he's like on the roof doing his thing like. The way that they, I'm sorry, you, I, I can talk about film all the time, but this, the cinematography of that shit was amazing. Yeah, yeah, and like my heart stopped when we you know when the verdict you know yeah. came in. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh. Sure. I'm like, yo, yeah. Seeing the family walk in and walk out of, of the deceased, that was that was tough. You know what I mean? Especially when they, you know, didn't really know if he was involved or not. And, that was crazy. And the teacher. Shout out to the teacher, man. The professor that came. Shout out. Yeah. yeah. The storytelling and the narration, too, was just as beautiful as the cinematography. Like, it really was just so beautifully done. It really was. Like, And, and I think the reason why I like the film so much because I seen, I seen uh, character traits in that, in that character in my child. And knowing how, knowing how he could, he was ripping and running the streets, being a kid, and doing some minor shit that you're not supposed to be doing, but it's just, you know, it's nothing too harmful. But he's a good kid, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's a, he's a good kid, and it was, you know, that was, you know, it was good. It was good. 
Marquis looks like he's, he's thinking over there. I got a question for you all. Okay. Whenever um the protagonist does so well when they take a role like this, like the, the district attorney, how do you feel about that? Like, who chooses, I want that role. I'm going to call this black man a monster. That shit was, that shit hurt my heart. The fact that he did that so fucking well. You know what I mean? You're a monster. You're a monster. He's a monster. That shit hurt my fucking heart. Imagine this: your son being called a fucking monster. Because I've visualized my son upstairs being called a monster. And this man literally got into character. And that's the best I've ever seen him act in my life. I've seen the movies he's been in. Mm-hmm. A lot of comedies. He called this man a monster. And I hated this motherfucker. Realistically. Yeah. As black people, we have to... We got to deal with that, though. And we got to see... Like, I would love to hear an interview and see if he if he actually says how hard it was to to play that role. And any any other character in these movies that 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 was against us. You know what I mean? Um, so what is it with Samuel Jackson? Um, the Tom to kill Kiefer Sutherland. Like, yeah. uh, you know, what I'm saying like these roles are really easy for these people to play for some reason. And I don't know the psychology behind playing a role like that and say, yeah, I'll do it. Just that should hurt my heart. I, I'm looking at the optics of it. It's a movie, but that's real life. And the person that's playing this role that basically looks at another black man, a black man, not even that, another black man, just looking at a black man or a black child, no matter how old he is, to tell him he's a monster. And we know his story. And that's mm-hmm. all they see. That's how they see us. That shit hurts my heart. Oh, well, that goes that goes back to um, oh, I mean the 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 series that I'm not sure if y'all watched it. Um, damn, I can't think of it right now. I cannot think of it. I can't think of the name of it. But um, on one of the episodes, he was on the roof fixing his antenna, and he told him he was like, "If I could, them, there we go, them." He, I didn't watch that. Yeah, he that. said he said if I come down there, it's gonna take me a little bit longer, but you know, it's got it's gonna happen. And I remember one of the guys saying, uh, like, don't be crazy. Like, they're strong as apes or strong as monkeys or something like that. And like, so that, to your point, he's like, you got to look at some of these actors because they play the hell of a role. Uh, one Night in Miami. Oh, you know we don't let niggas in the house. Yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that just part right there. That, that part yeah. killed that's me the right there. For me. I was like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it's not just about the actors. We say art imitates life. But the whole mindset behind that shit. So it felt this slower. movie was real to me. So you if know you what? Have children, you know, if you be, have children, you get it. Maybe I'm, I'm jaded. Just to look it up. I wouldn't be surprised if this film was actually shot on film because the look of it is so unique. Like it felt like it was shot on old cameras. I'm sorry, that goes back to my cinematography. But go ahead, go ahead, Mary. No, I was gonna say maybe I'm jaded because you know, I mean, I was raised by a mother who grew up in Mobile, Alabama during the civil rights movement. So she sort of programmed me to assume that that is what is being thought about us. So like none of that shit surprising to me. No, no, no. When it happens, I'm I'm like, "Mm." I agree with you, but that shouldn't be, that should be a problem. That's a problem that we should, we aren't surprised by that. Well, unfortunately it's been our reality for so long. You know what I mean? So it's not right. When it comes to movies like this and the actors that portray those roles, how comfortable are they in their own skin to do shit like that? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think acting is acting. That's they're doing their job. That's an art. Yeah. Okay. I, and look, it's it's a it, yeah, it's a tough thing. I don't know. You know what I do? I mean, like? I what about like, people who play slaves? Then, if we're applying what about that logic, who play Tupac. 
Taylor? What's up? What's up, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> hey, leave him alone. Leave Captain America alone. Oh man, I got, but, uh, I, got, I, got I got I got I got I got a question and I got I got a point to make. Like, doesn't it feel like who who's the who's the director of this film? Uh, the director is Anthony Madler. Uh I don't know anything else of note he's directed. Yeah, this was, this was his first feature length film. Looks like he's done some he's done a, a lot of rap videos. He actually directed Pimp Hard for Eight Ball and MJG. He directed Get Original for Black Eyed Peas. Uh, he did Ups and Downs for Snoop Dogg. And he did Hustle and Ambitions video for 50 Cent. That, now, hear me out. Hear me out. Doesn't it feel like the the way it was shot? And I'm, I'm talking to I'm, I'm uh, This is for everybody. I'm, I'm talking to you, Hayes. Doesn't it feel like Spike Lee walked past this film a little bit? Didn't it feel like a little, little bit? You know what I mean? That, with, that, with the that, that influence. That influence. That I was saying, like, if... Yeah. if no, it felt like it was either film handheld or on old cameras. Like it, it, it's such a a unique gritty feeling to this. And then to find out that this film was actually filmed like back in 2017 and just now being released. Like this was made even before Black Black Klansman, which John David Washington went on to star in. So like it's it's wild how hmm. long this movie's just been sitting on the shelf and how relevant also, it still is till now. Go ahead. The score. So when you heard the little drums tapping and everything like that, that build up into it. That's also a little spike we added flavor too as well. I felt uh -huh. that. Yeah. Now I got a question. Since we were talking about the characters and stuff like that. Serious question though. Serious, Keith. How did you how do you feel or how did you feel about Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and Tropical Thunder? <laughs> oh shit. So that, that's a serious question. It, it, so I'm, I'm gonna say this. The fact that we knew that he was playing a role that was playing a role that didn't understand himself. He's making a joke of himself. Yeah, it hurt me at first, but he didn't understand himself. You get what I'm saying? That's why he got away with it. That's the only reason he got away with it. Uh, I found it to be wildly offensive at the time, and I feel like if that shit were to drop today, he, his ass would have been canceled. If he wasn't a joke, playing a joke himself, See, that, nobody wants to hear no joke shit today. <laughs> it's like, you just violated your Oh, oh, that wouldn't happen today. No, that couldn't That's happen. That's what today. I'm saying. Absolutely. Iron Man could do that. <laughs> that shit wouldn't happen. No. I'm still surprised it went they they let it pass back. Like Blackface is one of those like Drake could have played it, apparently. Like we could have just Keys, okay. did, did he do a good job? Unfortunately, he did too much of a good job. Yeah, that's, okay. that's the thing. That's the problem. That's the thing. <laughs> is he did such a good job that it's like, do I love it or we do I go. hate it even more? We because of how go good of a job reason. he did. And the fuck up part about it is he got nominated for an Oscar. That's he crazy. Heath Ledger. He lost to Heath Ledger because for the Joker. That's the fuck hey. up part about it. Yeah. I, that said anything. Yeah, that probably that that probably would have been an uproar right there if he would have won. Killed me. Yeah, he got nominated for an Oscar. I just went. I just wanted to. But he did a great job of playing Iron Man as well. So that's what I'm saying. He, it's acting. <laughs> so it means you have an inner racist in okay, you if okay. you can act like a racist. No, 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 no. no I just want. I just wanted no, to ask you guys. She's asking, me. She's asking me. She's asking me. No, what I'm saying is, how is it that these certain people play this role so well? Because that was a different type of racism. His racism was, I don't even know who I am. I'm playing a character. I'm just so strung up on method acting. I'm an Australian man playing a white man playing a black man. That was that character. This guy was basically a district attorney who never had a good role in his life playing I hate this nigger. You get what I'm saying? That's the difference between the characters. Yeah. Keeper Sutherland. 
When he played that role, um, and I to kill to um um the Tommy kill, he when he hung, when they did his daughter. You know what I'm saying? Like he played a straight up racist. That's what I'm saying. Um, well, I mean, you got to look at he's a character actor though, which means that he's somebody he completely becomes that character that he is. Like he's he's done a bunch of roles. Like so it's never the same. What do you study? What do you study? Like how do you study for a role like that? You I mean, know what it, I mean? The, 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 it's he easy. There's, there's racist examples like that throughout. He probably went into any courtroom. <sighs> In the country. Why would you want to play that role? Like, because somebody has because to story, bring the story to life. To in, the story needed that. Yeah, it's bigger than you. It's the story that you're telling. There's nothing bigger than me, but okay, I got you. I feel you. Look at the Green Ranger. Nothing is bigger than me. I know. <laughs> that was a Joe Budden comment. Yeah, we're gonna move. All right, next, Joe next week he's gonna be introducing himself. I'm Marquis, and these are the Brooks Radio. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the commercial? Is it coming in yet? No? Can you come in next week like that? I promise you my response will be. And I was offended. I took that personal. You gonna call me brown, your ass. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You wasn't talking about ether that came out of nowhere. Hey, you know what? Jeez, I got to take a point away from Wait, him, though. Did y'all see him get Jamel Hill today? Oh, no. I didn't see that. Oh, Oh, I need every bit of that. I need well, every I bit need of that. For, for Jamel Hill. Oh, you can't go for Jamel Hill. No. Hey, but look, but look, I'm taking a point away because it's a part of a rollout, too. Oh, okay. Okay. So then, anyway, okay. <laughs> moving on. But what he said, though. Yeah, he's still, he's still. Oh, it was, <laughs> either, it was ethereal. <laughs> it was either like. <laughs> All right, moving on. Last topic for today. Jay Z has made another multi-million dollar deal he sold 50 percent of his stake of a in ace of spades for reportedly now this is this is just an estimate estimation based off how much the brand is worth because they're not coming out with exact exact dollar amounts but seemingly if it's 50 percent of the company this deal should at least be worth 315 million dollars what do you guys make of jay-z uh selling title recently now selling part of his stake in ace of spades he still owns 50 percent of the another 50 percent of the company what do you guys make of these deals Jay-Z's making? You know what he's doing. He's going to buy a team or something bigger. That's exactly what I was thinking. He's buying something. Yeah. He's accumulating. He's acquiring money. He's, he sold his Brooklyn. Uh, he sold his rights to the Brooklyn Nets. He had his, what is he doing with his um his agency? Is he still doing anything with that? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Right. Translation. Uh, yeah. yeah. He's buying something. Something major. We're not even paying attention to. I yeah. No, it's a big deal coming whether it's it's i i don't know what it could be like it's either a sports team or a tv station a network there's no need to there's no need to buy unless you buy an nbc i mean i don't even know uh, man he, have all if, he try, if he try to buy nbc he might end up in jail we might see some shit come out yeah <laughs> that j cole line might be about him next time <laughs> I mean, what else is there to add to that? Something's brewing. <laughs> I guess we'll see soon. He's definitely <laughs> gearing up, so. There's going to be an all or par all Arnold Palmer album coming out. Lemonade and Ice Tea. Oh. I, I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. That, you're supposed to leave those to Baylor. <laughs> I don't even think their dad would have told that one. That was that was classic. That was pretty clever. Ice tea lemonade, no? Arnold Palmer. Okay. 
And but the, and the thing is, is that if it is a sports team, I doubt he's going to be allowed to own a sports agency and a team at the same time. So if for some reason we we see Rock Nation Sports get so, so next, that pretty much outlines what's going to happen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be music or sports. I don't know, man. Unless it's something we don't know. Unless don't it's something know. we are. T- and there's there's a lot of like like studios right now that are up for sale. What what if it's what if it's a a Warner Brothers? Something Warner like Brothers is up for sale. MGM is up for sale. Whoa. So mm. how much whatever, money is what, in the whatever movie you do, right Puff gonna try to copy. This is the remix. How, how much money in movies right now? Because there's a lot of studios losing out on a lot of money. Well, a lot of studios are only losing out on money because of the way that movies, so so mm-hmm. the, the so the way that movies are made, right? Is that movies are, the studio very rarely ever pays to make the movie. They they go through another company which usually funds the movie, and then that movie they they make interest off that. So the fact that so many movies have been sitting on the shelf for eighteen months because of COVID now that's eighteen month worth of entrance payments on hundred million dollar movies that were made. So they're not going to be able to recoup that. Even if they were able to release everything to studio to theaters today, it's, it's, they've, it's created such a deficit that now they're selling because it just, it just makes sense. Like for example, fucking AT&T turned around and sold DC and Warner brothers, which they paid what? $150 million for, for $40 million for a loss. It's fucking. We could have bought it. Huh? We could have bought that. We could have bought that. Mary. Breaks is worth that. Anyway, <laughs> I don't be selling enough sweaters for that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see what, what Jay does next. It's definitely going to be something big because he's positioning his assets very well. Um, I mean, Well, listen, maybe if the price is right, we'll sell him the Breaks Radio. Yum. <laughs> he can, he can, he, nah, he, he can get 30% of Baylorism. I ain't giving him the whole thing. Yeah, he can't get a majority stake in it. That just that. Yeah, all he gonna do? All, all he gonna do is sell it. Like in a year from now. Yeah, he's gonna sell it, and then Marquis gonna have a back end deal where he owns the rights to it, like Jay did Dame with Rockefeller, <laughs> and then we're gonna be <laughs> death of a dynasty. Then we'll be Marquis and the breaks exactly. radio. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then I'm gonna have to start a podcast with Mary talking about you didn't send us the paperwork. Right. The contract says this. Yeah, and I took that personal. We want to see Mary, the books. Hey, you told Mary to stay out of it. Like, how you gonna tell her to stay out of it? And she parted up. <laughs> I know. Respect Mary's is on. Mary's gonna be sitting there, and I took that personal. <laughs> 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 All right, ladies. New, new Mary and BTG. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another episode of the Breaks Radio, Mary. Go ahead and give me your social media. <laughs> you can check me out at New Mary and BTG. No, I'm kidding. Um, at Miss Mary Almonte. On all social platforms, at Young Urban Moms and at Just Spice oh TV God. Show. Shit's gonna pop soon, so stay tuned. Woo! Man, that's funny, Baylor. <laughs> I still ain't over the fact that Kelly really got mad because uh, what you call it didn't text her back, but she she was on a spreadsheet on the dilemma video. <laughs> that's what I'm mad about. She got mad at Nelly because 
he didn't text back to her spreadsheet. And that's why the podcast is going to break up between me, between me and you, and Keith. (laughs) (laughs) It was a spreadsheet, though. Oh, my God. (laughs) Stop Asian hate. Watch Monster. Oh, Asian hate and Monster in the same sentence is crazy. Yeah, really. You didn't think that one through? (laughs) Or did I? Or did I? Boy. (laughs) You can find me on LinkedIn. (laughs) Oh, man. Anyway, I'm going to watch that um, video tonight. I am CEO Hayes. You can follow me at CEO H-A-I-Z-E. And you can find me in your mama's uterus. This has been the number one podcast for the culture this week. We out. What? Have a uterus and- Yo, I'm following your pops right now, as a matter of fact. You follow my pops? Oh, this got to stop now. I tell you to get Everything. your podcast in the house. Hey, delete the last five minutes, please. Billy got it bumping. Hey. Hey.